Buzzard podcast on the planet. This is Buzzardry. Here are your hosts, Ben Milam and Patrick McGee. And we are live. Welcome into another live episode of Buzzardry. My name is Ben Milam. I'm here with my partner, Patrick the Oracle McGee. Patrick, how you doing? <laughs> Doing all right. Uh, happy to be on. Good. Um, Greenville Christian, big win over Oak Grove. Any other important football games happen this week? Oh, yeah. Well, that was the game of the century, and it lived up to the hype. Uh, if, if you want to make it USM related, uh, one of our commits had a big game uh, for Greenville Christian. Uh, yeah, Chris Bell. Bell. Yeah. yeah, he had a, uh, at least one touchdown uh, catch, and then um, he had a two-point conversion where he really, what do they say, mossed a guy like the Sun Monday Night mm-hmm. Football most um, a defensive back for Oak Grove, so yeah, he had a nice game. But uh, yeah, no, and we no, have one of their cornerbacks, I think, is committed to us. linebacker. Linebacker, okay. Yeah, JD Stewart. Stewart, yeah, he had, he, he had a pretty good game too. Yeah. Um. So yes, uh, kind of joking, half joking, um, <laughs> but obviously disappointing loss Saturday, yesterday, and. Oh, sorry. That was a- Playback. <laughs> yeah, we'll feedback there. Um, final score twenty one to nine. Um, yeah, just first first thoughts, first impressions. I actually wasn't there at a wedding, unfortunately, but actually I wasn't too upset that I missed the game after um, watching it at the reception. But um, yeah, first thoughts, first impressions. Yeah, well, it was kind of more of the same from that South Alabama game, sort of where. Uh... You're just going to get a lot going in the past. Or really, I mean, mm-hmm. at least uh, against South Al, you did get a little bit, some chunks every now and then of the running game where um, Troy's front really dominated yesterday. Uh, O-line didn't get a whole lot of push, didn't give Keys much time to uh, throw, didn't give running backs uh, much room to run. And uh, that was kind of the story where Troy really uh, dominated the line of scrimmage, uh, at least on the um, on when it came uh, on our offense versus their defense. Uh defense uh usm defense played well but um yeah that was the story just not a whole lot going on offensively uh despite a another pretty good uh, defensive performance by uh, the golden eagles yeah to me that's the biggest story we'll kind of go offense and then we'll talk about the defense a little bit somebody asked a question about that um you in the the first two games or i guess the first game and a half really a probably 40-ish percent of the time you're going from under center. And I I think Keyes was under center, I think, for two plays. And that was just to get basically get out of the Right, end right, zone. It was at the one-yard line. Um, and so, yeah, that we, we had talked about, you know, how much you're really going to be able to do with Keyes at quarterback. Uh, his his ability is not the question. It's is his familiarity with, with the playbook and understanding of this offense. And to me, it was pretty clear that, Coach Hall was very limited as far as what he was even able to do uh, as far as game plan. And, and I think you saw that. And really after that first series where you, you moved the ball decently well, um, didn't quite get in the red zone, but you you know you kicked that field goal and you're up 3 nothing. Really after that, nothing happened offensively. Um, and that's you, you go back and watch it after that first series, Troy starts putting seven in the box, at least seven in the box, sometimes eight. 
and felt like they could go man-to-man with our receivers and really make Keys throw it and uh, didn't. Um, I think his his final uh, his final line, yeah. see if I can pull that up, uh, 16 for 27. Um, see if I can pull it up. Two picks. 16 for 27, 157 yards, which is, that's that's where all the offense came, was in the air, and that's what Troy was going to make you do. Negative one rushing yards. Two picks. Really should have been more. Dropped uh, two or three, did the, the Troy defense. And, and so they were going to they were going to make you throw it. And, um, yeah, you, you – I mean, Gore Jr. rushed 15 times and, you know, averaged just over two yards a carry. And yeah. So never – really able to get anything going in the ground. Um, Coach Hollis said in his post-game pressure, broke off a few routes from receivers, and outside of that, Keys just missed some throws. Uh, and so, to me, that was pretty much what I expected out of Keys. You know, we talked about you know him being that 40%, 50% completion percentage range, and that's that's where he was, I guess, around 40%. Or, uh, you mean 50 to, or 16 to 27, what is that, like? That's in the 50s, right? Because that's over half. That's, uh, yes. I'm sorry. What did I say? You said 40 to 50. Okay. So, f- but yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever that exact number yeah, is. Yeah. It's over 50%. Um, but it's 59. You know, it's 59. Okay. So, yeah. About what we expected uh, was not raining um, during the game. So, that yeah. really didn't hold you back as much as, as maybe no. we thought it was going to. Um, but, yeah. Just uh, to me, I've heard some, some people say keys is not the issue, it's the offensive line. And I, I think that is a big issue. Um, I think that's that's mostly accurate. I think some of those, you know, you give up nine sacks, 16 total tackles for loss, but nine sacks, I mean, against anybody, regardless of how good that defense is, um, that's that's pretty brutal. But I do – a few of those sacks were because he's probably held on to it a little bit too long. Right. And, yeah, just a couple things. Just think about the uh... – People were talking about like the offensive line and the uh, school position players were kind of supposed to be the strength coming in, and you haven't really seen that thus far. And I don't know if this uh, situation where like Brownlee's still not completely healthy, um, but you know last year, I mean, you're kind of bringing back the same O line that you brought, yeah, pretty much for the most part uh, from last year, and you know they look pretty good at least in that last game. So you thought they were going to kind of pick up where they left off um, from that last game in uh, 2020. Another thing I want to bring up, people talking about just like the quarterback. Um, I think uh, something that Hall might be regretting is, so you had a, um, three, I guess three guys in the quarterback room that are like mid to high three stars. Mm-hmm. So decent pedigree coming out of high school, but not a whole lot of experience. Mm-hmm. So if you look at uh, like South Alley had a really seasoned quarterback and Jake Bentley, um, and then Missouri, or Troy brought in the Missouri transfer, Taylor Powell that had uh, been in college. He's, you know, he's fourth year guy, maybe. Um, so I think that's something Hall might be regretting is maybe he should have brought in um, quarterback a little more experience out of the portal um, right. that can have the ability to, um, you know, run the offense a little bit better just because um, after Lowe went out, you really have Keys who came in late and uh, Webb who doesn't have a lot of experience. So um, I think that's something that Hall uh, might be kicking himself a little bit is just not bringing in a, uh, a more experienced quarterback out of the portal uh, to challenge for the uh, starting quarterback spot. Do we see somebody else at quarterback? Uh, if, if things continue the way that they do on offense, I don't. I don't know yet because I mean they. Um, so yesterday they did announce. Um, our Hall did say in the um, 
the presser that Lowe is out for the year. Out for the year, yeah. Um, I thought I saw somewhere somebody said that T. Webb might have been warming up on the sideline. I don't know if that was true or not. I couldn't see that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess you have three kind of viable options a quarter – or just three guys you could throw out there. Sure, sure. Uh, with Keys, um, Webb, and Walker. Um, and beyond that, I don't – I mean, I – you know, I don't know who would be behind that at that point. You know, you're down your fifth string. I don't know what you – at that point, you, you might just run, like, the, the wing tee or the wildcat or something like that. Um, Put you, Chandler Pittman out there at QB, and that was the longest rush of the night, a 12-yard run. Yeah, and out of the wildcat. Right, so, so, you know, like Miami Dolphins from, like, 2008 or right. something. But, um, right. yeah, I, I, I don't know if you'll see um, – it's see a change of quarterback. I guess it'll just depend on how Keys progresses and – uh so long as, or you know, he stays healthy or not, and that kind of thing. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure any of those guys behind Keys necessarily give you a higher ceiling uh, than Keys does. Um, and, and maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe Jack Walker, T. Webb, you know, guys or Jack Walker who's who's been here, maybe have uh, you know more of a game ready understanding of the offense uh, and, and what it takes to manage it. But the thing with Keys really gives you those those um, those factors of being able to get out of the pocket, which really didn't do much um, of that last night. Um, but I think I do think you I think you I think we'll ride keys um, probably for a while unless it just gets really bad uh, because I think you get further at least into the conference slate again that that Alabama game is kind of a wash. You just you know kind of hope you come out healthy and. We'll, we'll talk about that a little more at length um, later this week, but um, but yeah, the, the, obviously the more preparation you get, uh, the more in-game experience you get. I think the better Tykees gets. It's just a matter a matter of does he improve enough to where you can be competitive offensively, and that was clearly not the case uh, last night. And so I, I think you, I, I don't think you abandon. Tykees and just, you know, try everybody in the hat. Um, although, you know, that that could change. You know, if you feel like Jack Walker or T-Webb gives you a better chance, we could see them. But I, I think we'll see Keys um, at least through that Rice game um, to really give him a chance. And that's another thing, too, that I, the practice Tuesday was almost completely washed out. Um, and then Wednesday you really only had a walkthrough. I think they did that indoors – um, and so not a full week of preparation, uh, which is you – know, that, that's certainly not the biggest factor in this, but um, I, I think that plays into it of, you know, just he's not looking comfortable. And, you know, there was, um, there was some talk about he um, wasn't making his, um, his counts loud enough uh, for his line to hear. Maybe some, you missed some block schemes on, on because of that. Uh, and so – yeah, I think you once he you know gets more in game experience and, and those little things are fixable, which we keep saying that, and you know they most of it was not fixed Saturday night. So at some point you're just bad on offense, but um, still think you have the capability to be at least competitive offensively. And the the, the big thing is this defense is going to keep you in, in a lot of games late. Like we, you were you were still in this game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, as bad as that offense mm-hmm. was. Um, so that's yeah, I think that's that's a bright spot um, uh, that you can take out of it. Um, I do think you mentioned you know kind of the seal guys, the playmakers, which is 
that's been another big part of what's missing is you know just a reliable playmaker um, obviously Brownlee was expected to be that guy but um, doesn't look totally healthy quite yet looked looked a little bit better last night I thought um, but I, I think I think we will see um, if we don't see him more I'll be surprised but Chandler Pittman um, who had a great fall and coach Hall talked about how he's going to help us and have been surprised to not see him more but I think you'll see a guy like Pittman get more touches, um, you know, maybe in the Wildcat or something like that or in the split back sets. Um, but you're going to have to throw some wrinkles in this offense. Something's going to have yeah, to I'll, change. Uh, I was, yeah, I was about to say, I mean, I'm not going to pretend I know anything about football, at least on the level of like, like coaching. But, I mean, like I don't know. I'll just like run some jet sweeps out there, run some little swing passes behind the line of scrimmage, just give Key some really, really easy throws. Because it seemed like we were just kind of – Trying to make him like a drop back, like mm-hmm. in a NFL quarterback, where we're just dropping him back there, and he has to make these reads. And I'm just, I don't know. I'm just trying to, you know, create the easiest offense you can for him. I mean, I'm, again, I'm not pretending I know anything about football strategy or that kind of thing. But you know, just do some quick passes, some um, some sweeps, some just some kind of way to uh, generate offense. Some, um, yeah. But I mean, it did seem like. You know, they're kind of trying to fit keys uh, in an offense just in terms of dropping him back a bunch where, you know, he doesn't really fit at this point uh, in his career and in his progression. You know, he's a really young quarterback. He's only been here a couple months. So uh, that was kind of something I noticed uh, in the game. Uh, So, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see what uh, kind of changes they make. I was kind of, I mean, halfway kidding, but halfway kind of not is if you go back and look at Hall at uh, Tulane, you know, he would run kind of like a, triple option type thing where you line up with multiple tight ends, multiple running backs, and kind of run like a wing T triple option type thing. I'm thinking, well, you know, if we can't pass the ball, why don't we just try that? Try to just go kind of like a service academy and get any kind of offense we can. So, I mean, I don't know if that's something we'll we'll work in later in the year if we we still can't find a passing offense. But, uh, yeah, got to throw uh, something new in there. Going to score points. Yeah, I think it's worst-case scenario in a lot of ways to lose Trey Lowe this early because so much of so much of fall camp was just pretty basic implementation of the scheme and the system. And so you felt like Trey Lowe you know, was the guy who, who had a grasp of the offense, and he was, and the gap was, was significant between him and the other um, three quarterbacks. But then all of a sudden you lose Lowe, and so you know maybe – and we don't know the extent to which – he's just doesn't understand or, or know the playbook. And so, you know, maybe you would have liked to do some more of that intermediate stuff outside the tackles and, you know, some screen passes. And, and I was the same way. I thought we'd see more of that, but it could just be that you're that limited to where he, the, the plays that he knows were, you know, those, yeah, those, a lot of those, you know, 15 plus yard throws over the middle, which is what we saw in that first series. And, and, yeah, so that worst-case scenario in a lot of ways it's in a year one to lose a guy who – or the guy who has the best grasp of this offense. It's you, you're, you're so limited as, as to what you can do um, that you have a guy who just came in midsummer uh, in a complicated offense. And so you, you can't just, you know, put, you know, 20 different plays in during the week um, – and expect a freshman quarterback to go run all those. And so it's, yeah, so it's, it's just a really difficult spot uh, to be in, I think for coach hall and that offense. And, you know, 
and then the, the offensive line not playing up to what you know we thought they were um, is, is a big part of that. Um, but I, the defensive interior has been really good, which is yes. kind of funny because people were worried about that in the offseason. But, yeah. you know, how many uh, – what was Troy's rushing average uh, yards per uh, – let me pull that up. I think I have uh, – 49 total on 32, so one and a half yards. Wow, yeah. Uh, per attempt, so still, you know that that's a that's a bad ground game, or it has been, or was last year, and has been through the first two games before last night. But that's still pretty impressive that you hold them to yeah. under fifty rushing yards. And we'll we'll talk about the defense. We somebody asked us what our thoughts on the defense were, um, and you know, I feel like you have to talk about that in this game because that's really to me, yeah. uh, you know, the biggest bright spot. Um, we mentioned. I mean, you were you were still in the game. Um, you forced two turnovers, one in the red zone early. And, um, yeah, that front four, I thought, controlled the line of scrimmage most of the night. And, um, yeah, that's – I mean, that's by far the biggest silver lining to me in this game. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, people were talking about uh, Austin Armstrong. Uh, you know, I think Hall compared him to, like, he's the next Kirby Smart. Or something like that. And, you know, he's done a really good job thus far coaching the defense. Uh, you know, they called him a savant, and uh, so far he's lived up to it. So, you know, you got to give him credit for, uh, you know, thus far the defense has been keeping us keeping us in games, yep. keeping us competitive. Um, so, yeah, we got to hats off to him. Yeah, and really only had one bad series with that, that opening series in the second yeah, half. They, uh, yeah, that was one where they kind of moved down the field. five plays. Yeah, they moved um, down pretty quick on yeah. that pretty easily um, but Troy I'm not sure the 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 official time of possession I know I know Troy won the time of possession in the second half um, but you convert on two third downs in the second half total um, and so I mean the the defense, I feel like you can't really fault them. Yes, you give up 21 unanswered points, but you know you go three yeah. and out four or five straight times, and you you can't really fault the defense. Right. That, the only only uh, they only had 4.2 uh, yards per play, which is uh, right. So that's that's, yeah, that's certainly good enough to win yes. under 300 or right at 300 total yards. Right. Certainly good enough to win a game. Uh, you only, I mean, you only lose this game by 12 with that you know that late fumble return for a touchdown. Um. But again, you were in this until the fourth quarter, and that's that's not a bad Troy team. And so, yeah, I was just looking right now. So yards per play, uh, USM is eleventh in yards per play, and I, I I like that better than total yards given up because that yes. it factors yeah. in how many plays you run. So if you you know if you run a bunch of plays, obviously you get more yards. So yards per play keeps in uh, I guess takes into account a little bit uh, pace. But yeah, eleventh in yards per play, uh, number um, number one of the conference looks like. Um, Troy's actually number six, um, so in the country. Yes, in yards per play. Yeah, so that's so. a that's statistically or just projected to be the second best defense we will see all year. Uh, UTSA is is probably pretty comparable. Um, yes, behind Alabama, obviously, but yeah, actually, uh, yeah, UTSA is only just one behind us in okay, yards per play. Yeah, so. yep. yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I totally just lost my train of thought. Um, so that, yeah, but the defense defense keeps you uh, in the game, and um, what I really take out of this game is you know a lot of people were saying, I think the I think you probably 
tune your expectations a little bit. We talked about how this was, you know, a trajectory, trajectory barometer game, whatever you want to call it, measuring stick. Um, I th- I think now you only really feel good about maybe three or four wins. Yeah. But what I take out of this too is that if that offense finds its stride at all, if you can have any kind of balance, if you can find any kind of efficiency, uh, you will be a, a competitive football team in most games that you're going to play. Right. Yeah, I was um, I was thinking last night that this it kind of reminds me of uh, the 2014 mm-hmm. season, one second year, where you know you went about three games. There's three or four games. Um, and uh, but yeah, but another thing I was looking at the uh, like the ESPN FPI projections and then the S and P and like. If you look at those, like the FPI still thinks we're going to win four games, and then with basically a toss-up, North Texas toss-up to get to five, and then S&P, I believe, like we're ranked still above most of the teams we play in S&P Plus. We actually went up a little bit, uh, and then I guess we just we met expectations, so maybe some other teams behind us or ahead of us fell. Um, so, like, we're still ahead of, like, a lot of tech in, sure. in S&P Plus. So I think when you look at the um, – just when you look at the conference, I think there's still winnable games. Yes. Just because there's a lot of teams in conference yesterday that are bottom 30, bottom 20 type teams that uh, that'll keep you give you a lot of chances of wins, basically. Yes. Um, so, but I think yeah, like you're saying, I mean, if you get four or five wins, you show a passing, uh, improving passing game, find some consistency there. Hopefully, you know, Key shows enough to where he looks like uh, he's the long term guy. I mean, right. I think that would uh, give you some momentum headed into um, headed into the 2022. Uh, if you can get a couple wins under your belt, key shows some improvement. Um, I think that'll give people a little bit of hope uh, in this rebuilding uh, rebuilding project. So yeah, yeah, and people are understandably um, you know impatient, and you know I'm I'm certainly impatient too, and especially in this you know this two or three year stretch where you really need to win. It's just not. A, you know, a realistic expectation for us for us to you know come out immediately in year one for Coach Hall and compete for the conference. Um, and you know, maybe it takes a little bit longer than you thought it would, just based on these first three games. But yeah, I, I don't think people really, or maybe people are starting to kind of figure out that you know what the talent that Hobson left you with is a lot. Uh, or that that gap from where you are and where you need to be is a lot larger than maybe people expected it to be. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, you that 2014 comparison is interesting because you know you could. I would I would you know I think it's a good debate of you know was was this is a take is was Ellis Johnson worse for Southern Miss football or was Jay Hobson worse for Southern Miss football because you have four years of just, you know, just kind of yeah. average football and you're going to bowl games and, mm-hmm. you know, he was, you know, a, not a terrible head coach. He was certainly no. not to the level of, of no, Ellis Johnson. No, he was average. I mean, if you if you credit Hobson, um, so I think officially he would have ended up like 28 and 23. Uh, I credit all. I mean, I credit the rest of the season to Hobson, even though he resigned. So I think that'll put him at thirty-one and like twenty-nine, maybe. Yeah, lose seven games. Okay. Yes, yeah, so we went twenty-eight, twenty-three, but then the rest of the season we went three and six without him. Yeah. So that would so be 31 30, 30. 31 and or yeah, yeah. or thirty-one, twenty-nine, because 
or twenty three plus six is twenty nine, right? Less. I thought we went three and seven. But yeah, I said three and seven, but we went three and six with that. Or oh, without right, without Hobson. Okay, yes. Yeah, okay. I mean this is I, this is just a dumb point I'm making. Just well, I'm, yeah, I'm crediting. You're thirty one and thirty or thirty one and twenty nine, yeah. whatever. That I mean that's, that's extremely average. Yes, and uh, you know recruited decently well, but pretty clear that there was, you know, below average development with those right. recruits and, you know, you, especially on the offensive side of the ball, you've seen that is you just don't have a lot of playmakers and most of the guys that or a lot of the guys that are, you know, making a difference, uh, you know, in, in those skill positions are guys that, you know, young guys that, that Hall brought in. And so, yeah, it's, I, I think it's, it's a pretty steep, hill to climb and you're not going to get there in one year um i think it was i think tyler cleveland tweeted something um i think it was tyler um but said you know two or three recruiting cycles or maybe he said one or two um yeah yeah he had a, a whole thread of all the teams in the state where he's talking but yeah yeah um and i and i think that's probably pretty accurate maybe one or two recruiting cycles of, of where you you get guys and you're recruiting to your system uh, and you know the, the Hobson and the Hall system are two very very different systems, and so yeah, you know I think you win four or five. I think you feel really good. Uh, I, I think that is especially at this point after a bad loss, you would you would absolutely take four or five wins. Yeah, um, just kind of going back to Hob- I mean Hobson. I mean, you know, I've heard some people call him. He was like slow moving Ellis. I, mean, yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if uh, if that I was. Don't know if the, 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 it's not a direct – Jay Hobson does not equal Ellis Johnson. I no. make that clear. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, people – getting back to people's frustration, I mean, we've kind of been wandering in the wilderness for the last decade in terms of – I mean, even the years we've been going to bowls, I don't think people were happy. Like, I mean, right. even like right. 2019, for example, we went 7-6, and six, but I don't think anybody was jumping for joy when we lost 30-12 to 12 to Tulane in the bowl game or – 2017 when we went I mean 2017 was Hobson's best season win loss he went 8-5 and five, but I don't think anybody was really happy about that I mean I think really the only season where people were I guess except were, were accepting the result or the happy with the result was that 2015 season uh, with Munkin where he won 9 games won the division right and getting the heart of Dallas ball at that point it looked like we were really alright we finally gotten out of the Ellis stink and we're moving, and then he left, and, you know, we had to kind of rebuild everything. So, um, yeah, I, I just think uh, we've been um, – it's been a tough decade. I think people are just kind of worn out, tired, and impatient. Yes. And, uh, you know, I don't think people really want to be patient. I don't – you know, it's tough. Uh, but, you know, you just got to wait until uh, – got to trust the process. Is, what, is that what the 76ers fans said with their right. – or something like that when they were winning like nine games a year or – losing 20 games in a row so yeah it's just uh it's frustrating just because the last decade's been tough but uh yeah i still trust the staff uh at this point i don't they haven't given me anything to not think that they have the right um plan to get it back going so no i thought i thought you know the game plan again you're you were severely limited offensively in what you can do and so it wasn't the game plan that only scored you three points on offense um you know, maybe you can make the argument if, if, you know, it's still Trey low and you're still doing this bad, you know, down the schedules at some point, you can start to question the coaching. But I, I think it's it's more of a personnel issue at this point for sure. 
and um, yeah, it's 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 just going to take a little bit, um, you know, plain and simple. Um, so yeah, that uh, I guess hopefully that answers the question about the defense. Um, don't get in the red zone once. Not a single red zone trip. Um, that's is that that's right? We didn't, on that first drive, I thought maybe on that first. You were, I think you were just okay. Wow, it was a forty-six yard field goal. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty indicative of pretty. Um, the kind of day it was for the poor, offense. Yeah, offensive showing and just inability to really move the ball efficiently. Um, <laughs> so what we will we will talk about the Alabama game more at length. Um, and uh, that'll so that'll be later in the week. But did get a question on Twitter uh, over under on nine sacks, sixteen t- uh, tackles for loss, which is what Troy had. Yes, that us, was the Troy uh, line this weekend against Alabama. Uh, I think uh, I would definitely take the under on sacks, just because I think Hall. I think he's going to be smart coming into the Alabama game. I don't think he's going to let Keys just sit back there and no. let these five star future NFL guys that. Alabama, they have like they'll have like some eight foot guy that weighs like four hundred pounds, but somehow they run like a three eight yep. or something, yep. just some insane freak of nature. Uh, I don't think he's gonna let Key sit back there and just get destroyed. I think he's gonna be, no. you know, he's got to be smart. And I think he will be. Just quick passes. I bet you know, run the ball a lot, kill clock, uh, that kind of thing. So I'll, I'll take the under. Uh, tackles for loss. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Maybe over. Yeah, <laughs> I might take the push on that one. I yeah, but I think uh, I don't think there'll be nine sacks, but we'll see. I guess <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I will. I'll concur with that. Um, so uh, just just quickly, the so the what did the spread open at? Was it forty six? Forty six, and it's down to forty four and a half. Okay, forty four and a half. It might. Yeah, and people were cringing at that and saying, "Oh my gosh, that you know it's terrible." <laughs> in twenty nineteen, it was thirty seven. In twenty fourteen, it was. 46 and a half. And so that's that's pretty com- comparable. We made that. We 45, made that, by the way, right now. It just, okay. okay, so it's already up to 40. So it may go past that 46 and a half. 46 and a half was the spread in 2014. We already made that 2014 mm-hmm. comparison of there's a rebuilding year, and I think it was 52 to 12 was the final score. And we yes. were up three to nothing. We were up three to nothing because yeah. they threw a big, pa- or a big kind of jump ball basically to uh, Casey Martin, and he. Mm-hmm. He caught up or went up against Landon Collins, made a really nice catch. Uh, and then I guess it was Acosta, made a pretty long kick, probably a 40-something yard kick. Uh, so, yeah, everybody got the screenshots of the yeah. score bug that says Southern Miss 3, Alabama 0. Oh, and that was that was kind of funny. So It was. So, so pretty uh, – yeah, I, I think it'll you know probably be a pretty, um, pretty comparable game. Um, but, yeah, in, anyways, we'll, we will talk about that in more detail. If you do have a question – uh, we've got a few that we will answer, um, but yeah, if if you do have one, feel free to drop it in uh, the comments. Thoughts on the defense was one of the questions uh, covered. That good, bad, ugly retrospective on the game. Uh, I guess good uh, defense, special teams, uh, bad. Uh... Uh, I mean, I guess I felt like the whole offense was kind of bad and ugly at the same time. But, uh, you know, bad and ugly passing. Or, I mean, you know, I don't know. We kind of debated on whether you put the passing game on keys as an inexperience or the offensive line. Um, kind of a bit of both. So, I feel like that's kind of the yeah. bad and the ugly together. Yeah, yeah. I'd answer that pretty similarly. Um, 
I'll say, but I will say, I'll say good. I'll say those that front four. I felt like again control control the line of scrimmage, and again the the expectation or the maybe the concern coming into or coming out of fall camp was that you know you you really didn't feel good about you know that the the front of that defense, um, and then Josh Carr Jr. comes in, and Sykes and Kitchen have played well. Uh, thought Dominique. Kiwan um, would get more playing time, but he hasn't even really played all that much because those guys have played so well. So that's the good to me. Um, Ever Cunningham had the Ever Cunningham has, has played really well. And, um, yeah, so if, it's still pretty thin there. You can't afford a lot of, of injury um, in that in that position group. But, um, yeah, that's that was one of the big goods to me and has been through these first two games. And, uh, yeah, again, that, that defense is going to keep you um, in some games, especially in, in conference play, hopefully late in the year. Um, so, yes, uh, and maybe the other one of the other bads was just the downpour of rain, of, you know, two hours leading up to kickoff. That yeah, I guess that probably hurt the crowd a little. Yeah. Um, and we're just, you know, the fans historically are kind of fickle. I mean, not the diehards, but the, you know, you got the, just the average fan around Hattiesburg. Right, the average Hattiesburg guy that needs an excuse to not go to the game. Well, it was raining before, we're not going to go. We're going to stay home and watch, you know, I guess it was State and Memphis end or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, Favorite restaurant in Hattiesburg? Yeah, well, I'm not in the business of giving away free advertisement, but I will. All the thousands of people. All the thousands and millions of people that are listening to this. But I, the restaurant I probably go to most uh, is Grateful Soul. I go there every mm. every Monday at lunch. They got the country fried steak. Um, so I guess just based on that, just in terms of the amount of times I go there, that's probably my favorite. But lots of good restaurants in Hattiesburg. I don't want to. I don't want to offend anyone thinking that we're leaving them out. Yes, but uh, so lots many of great uh, restaurants. Um, so I really think we have a great uh, great dining culture here in the Hub City. I do. I, do. <laughs> I will say I'm going to say Goldpost. Um, oh, that is, yeah. That's probably yeah. That's that is there. you know that's that's been our um, you know just growing up coming to games. That's been our pregame meal for so so many years, and um, yeah, that is that's some great food. But again, uh, there's some fantastic restaurants in Hattiesburg. But yeah, so I, so I'll say Goldpost, and um, those are two good ones: Goldpost and Grateful Soul. Um. The other question, would you have uh, taken a picture post-game with Coach Hall and uh, some of the other staff uh, asking for a friend? Uh, I wouldn't have done that, but, you know. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll say no comment. Love, love <laughs> honestly, love the energy and love that people yeah. stuck around and, um, yeah. you know, that there's there's still people that are really, um, you know. Yeah, I'm glad people still. Passionate stopped. enough to stick through the rain and, and then a bad loss and, and yeah. still want to get – pictures with the coaching staff so love that um, yeah i'm glad you know not a lot of or some schools that wouldn't have uh like ulm or somebody they don't have that's right, that's <laughs> they right. don't know the, the passion of our fans so yeah okay so let's uh talk about a few of these other games um yeah, we, had, we had a question about the o-line i, I would say the 2013 oh, see that one. yeah there was a there was some about like was this the worst offensive line ever Oh, okay. uh, uh, yeah, the, I would say the 2013 offensive line uh, when you had a bunch of injuries, and that was like the first year after Ellis, so you didn't have a lot of depth. That was that was almost like a turnstile in uh, in 2013. So I'll say uh, yes, I'll say that one. Uh, no disrespect to the 2013 team, they you know they no, had, there was just there was just so much attrition. Yeah, and I mean you had 
I, I, I don't remember the exact number, but, you know, guys that just walked away from football. And, oh, yeah. You know, had years of eligibility left. And that was just um, – that was uh, a, just a train wreck so, in 2013. Yeah. And uh, as far as – just as far as what you had in the cupboard. and um, So, no, not the worst offensive line I've ever seen. I think, to me, it's, it's more just – you're limited as far as what you can do, and they, they haven't. I, I don't think they have played to their potential because I, I do think there are some really good guys on that line. I think Arvin Fletcher is great. Kalik Washington's uh, guy that they kind of thought uh, had an NFL shot. Yeah. Uh, what was the the guy? Uh, Jim Nagy, mm-hmm. who's the Senior Bowl guy. He had a tweet said something he's liking what he's hearing and seeing from him. So. Yeah, I, I, I and Kalik Washington just kind of had, had a bad night last night too, yeah. and um, Jerquan Scott. Same thing, um, but it's it's. I, I think you may see some shifting pieces on that. Um, I think Bryson Mays at left tackle maybe he sees a little more action. Um, Tykeen Doss has been starting there just because. I mean, Doss is what he's six seven. Yeah, you know, he's three sixty or three seventy. Yeah, just he's a big guy. <laughs> uh, I mean, you've got great size, but maybe you need just more mobility and. Um, you know, maybe you see a guy like Coker Wright get more playing time. Um, and, you know, this, the the fact that this this offensive line was bad um, yesterday and against South Alabama was not lost from the coaching staff. And so I, you, I think you'll see maybe some new faces there um, and, and see if you can come up with some kind of formula that's at least more competitive. Um, and, uh, and it's also your – you know that it, it was it was really bad, but it's there is you know a connection that was non-existent that you don't have with you know that 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 starting that starting offensive line has not played with tie keys at all. Right. You take I mean you know maybe you take a rep here and there in fall camp with them, but I mean there's you know that that is a big deal to not have um, you know feel for what your quarterback is going to do in the pocket and. Um, and not to say, you know, this nine nine sacks is inexcusable. Um, and, and again, you know, Keys holds on to the ball a little too long on, on several of those those sacks. And and so um, I think that's another unit that um, that should improve. Um, emphasis on should. Uh, you know, I think that's a relatively fixable thing um, as you move forward. And it's not, you know. Just from what we've seen these first three games, that's you know going to be one of your weak spots, and so um, you have to kind of game plan around that. And so we will we will see um, how how the coaching staff does that um, because if you don't, you know you're going to score three points every game, and you're yeah. going to you know probably lose every single game from here on out. Um, uh, did, were there any more questions? Uh, there's another question just like, can y'all tell the O-line to play better or something? <laughs> so, yeah, a I lot will, of questions about the O-line. When yeah. I see those guys, I will, I will let them know. <laughs> um, but, uh, yes, okay, so those that's, I guess, all the questions. I um, think so, yeah. Do uh, Yeah, just, just to kind of cap that off, I do expect them to be better um, because Kalik uh, Washington is a fantastic leader. Um, he was, it was so fun watching him in fall camp, um, you know, kind of lead that unit and really just the team in general. And so I, I expect them to be better. Um, some of it was too, was just, you know, missed, um, you know, that, that offense kind of requires you to, to make, uh, you know, 
reads pre-snap, and you know Key's probably missed a few of those where you may have, um, you know, uh, you know, made some shifts in the blocking scheme to where you, you aren't getting sacked every single play, and um, and also you know Troy's Troy again had seven or eight in the box, and so uh, you know you're if you can't throw the ball, you're immediately at a disadvantage um, if you don't get it out quickly, and um, you know you've got five on, five offensive linemen. And you know if you're sending eight guys, then it's you know <laughs> it's tough sledding. So um, and they've had they've had Gunner in there as a, like a basically an extra alignment sometimes. Right. So, but yeah, yeah, you can count the tight end in that too. But still, um, yeah, just just tough all the way around. And, and you know that you were just limited in so many ways. And really, you you had to have Keys come out and just be fantastic in the passing game. And uh, he's just he's just not there yet, plain and simple. And and he knows that. And you know talked about that in his post game presser. Um, uh, I, I, I still think he's going to be fantastic, and um, so yeah, don't don't uh, don't turn off the TV yet. Um, keep <laughs> keep coming to games. This you know this team this team does have a lot of talent that's really young. Um, still believe in this coaching staff, and uh, but yeah, it's it's um, looking like it's it's going to be a longer year that you probably won't um, compete for the division or anything like that. But uh, it's just that kind of year. It's a rebuilding year, and um, that's what it is. Uh, before we wrap up, do you want to talk about some of these? Yeah, we can go games. through. Yeah, so let's just start CSA and maybe touch on a couple other yeah. games uh, that were of interest. So I guess, yeah, so we talked about our game and then uh, SMU, La Tech. I'm guessing everybody saw yes. the ending of that. And, you know, I think, you know, we like to make fun of La Tech, but I was rooting for them to win just because they're, sure, sure. they're a conference team. I don't want I don't want the AAC to win, but they uh, it was a back-and-forth game. I didn't get to watch any of it, but um, – it was a real back and forth game, and uh, so La Tech hit a forty-seven yard field goal to go up four. They were already up one, so they hit a forty-seven yard field goal to go up four, uh, basically to where SMU needed a touchdown to win. So SMU went down the field, and uh, anyways, it was basically a hail mary, thirty-three yards. Uh, the guy they threw it in the end zone it was tipped around. And there's a guy just basically just standing there wide open. Just right where the ball Right, is. Yeah. Johnny on the spot, guy caught it, SMU wins by two. So that was – it was just, you know, La Tech. I, I tweeted, like, La Tech seems like they're the only school more snake bit than we are. They just catch the, the worst breaks somehow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they've, La, La Tech has had two really heartbreaking uh, losses against heavily favored teams. I mean, if, if they had beaten State and SMU, those would have been two really nice wins for them. Yeah, really. Because SMU is – Yeah. Uh, SMU is supposed to be one of the better teams in the um, in the American. So that was a tough loss uh, for the league. It really, really wasn't a good day for the league overall. Then you had uh, MTSU and UTSA. Uh, UTSA won that 27-13 uh, early uh, league matchup. And then uh, FAU beat Fordham uh, 45-14. Mm-hmm. Uh, then ECU, this was another bad loss. ECU beat Marshall and Huntington 42-38. Marshall was up 38-21. Uh, ECU scored 21 on answer to win that. Uh, so that's that's really bad loss because Marshall's supposed to be with one of the better teams um, in the conference, and you let ECU come in there, who was supposed to be one of the weaker teams um, in the American. So uh, that was to lose that kind of game at home. That's not really good for uh, Conference USA. Yeah, kind of a, a bad crowd too. I, was, I saw they were. Oh yeah, I didn't see twenty three or twenty four thousand or something like that. Oh wow, um, yeah, because they were having a they were having like honoring the um, plane crash team or something. I thought yeah, that would have brought in people. I saw some Marshall fans that were. Really, really disappointed. Yeah. Um, so kind of, yeah, bad day all around for Marshall. Um, 
Liberty beat Old Dominion, big 45-17. I think everybody expected that. Uh, Georgia State beat Charlotte. We're, I was kind of surprised at that line, but I guess you know Vegas knows what they're talking about. Georgia State won that 20-9. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas Tech beat FIU 54-21. Um, UAB uh, beat North Texas 40-6. to um, Looks like Seth Luttrell, I don't know if he's going to keep his job because everybody thought he was kind of the next hot shot uh, coach, but uh, we'll see. But that's bad, uh, bad loss for North Texas. And then Texas uh, beat Rice 58-0. Um, so, not even really competitive uh, no. in that one uh, for Rice. Uh, the, I don't know, did uh, Luke McCaffrey, did he get hurt? Because they only threw three passes. I don't know if he came out earlier or something. I was looking at that. Because somebody was asking me about uh, him yesterday. I was, yeah, I don't know if he got pulled or, or what. But, yeah, 58 nothing. Texas uh, taking out their anger after the um, – yeah. After the Arkansas loss. And then a couple other games, a uh, group of five games, I guess. Uh, Jackson, so I looked it up last night. I was watching Jackson State ULM. I was watching South Allen Alcorn. Mm-hmm. And the SWAC has not actually won an FBS game since 1985. Grambling beat Oregon State that year. And uh, But anyways, ULM just squeaked by uh, Coach Prime and JSU. They won, tw- yeah, like I said, 12-7. Um, Jackson State actually had a – Seven to six lead in the fourth quarter. Um, ULM ended up winning that, uh, so that would have been kind of a a big thing just for Deion Sanders to get an FBS win. It would have been the first uh, SWAC FBS win in decades, but uh, they ended up ULM ended up pulling that out. And then the other game that people were kind of commenting on was South uh, South Al just sweeped by Alcorn, twenty eight twenty one. Alcorn was actually driving to tie the game to throw a pick, uh, and South Al was able to run out the clock, but. Um, yeah, that's the kind of game where, you know, you kind of worried. Yeah. Alcorn played South Al a little better than we did, uh, so that uh, that'll give you warm feelings. Uh, but uh, then, I mean, I guess let's see the AAC. You know, we talked about SMU. Uh, I mean, Memphis uh, beat State. It was kind of uh, um, yeah. Did you, uh, what was your opinion of the the punt return? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't know. It was something where it looked like as soon as he picked it up, they were trying to, like, whistle it dead. But then they're just, oh, never mind. I I, I don't know. I mean, anything where State gets screwed on some weird thing kind of makes me happy. But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of – I mean, I don't like Memphis either. It was kind of like I I tweeted out the the old Onion uh, headline where there's, like, when Memphis beats State or Ole Miss, it's, like, heartbreaking. The worst person you know makes a great point. So, whenever Memphis uh, beats one of those – beats Ole Miss or State, it's – you know, it's it's fun, but you know, feels a little dirty rooting for Memphis, but uh. it does. Just two, <laughs> just two really um, not fun matchups in almost two lanes. Oh yeah, yeah. Memphis don't just kind of don't have anybody to root for. Nope. Um, yeah. Uh, Mountain West. Um, oh, Fresno State. That was a big win. Mm-hmm. Fresno State beat mm-hmm. UCLA. Yeah. Uh, Forty thirty-seven. Fresno State looked three and zero, right? Two and one. Their only loss was a, a seven-point loss at Oregon. Oh, so they're okay, right. They lost a very close game in Oregon. So right. Fresno has been in both polls. Um, so yeah, Fresno. They may. I mean, depending on what happens, with Cincinnati. Um, mm-hmm. They could be if Cincinnati falls. They could be the uh, group of five representative because Boise lost to a Oklahoma State. Boise had a pretty short kick to able to put them up uh, by two late. I think I might have got tipped. Um, but yeah, that was yeah. A tough loss for Boise. Um, and I don't. I guess the MAC. I don't know if anybody cares about the MAC, but. Uh, Cincinnati Notre Dame is that this week? week? It's it's their next game. I'm not sure if they have a bye week. Right. Let's see if I can pull that up. Yeah, that could be. Didn't look, didn't look all that great against 
Indiana kind of pulled away at the end. Yeah, it was it was not uh, looking good for them. They really turned it on there late. Yeah. Um, so if Cincinnati uh, beats, goes to South Bend and wins, I think you know you might start seeing uh, a little yeah. bit of playoff buzz. We'll see. I, I think you do. And now they can say, well, Cincinnati's going to the Big Twelve, so they're actually a, a power conference team, so we can let them in the playoff. <laughs> we can let them in the playoff right. now. Right. Um, okay, they do. They do have a bye. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that'll be huge. Cincinnati at Notre Dame. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's uh. Kind of what's going on around the uh, group of five. So, yeah. Cool. I'll do one final check and see if we missed any questions. Don't think we did. We appreciate y'all joining us. This has been another live episode. We're going to have uh, Bradley Warshower. Yeah, we're from really, Black and Gold Review. Really excited about that. Um, we uh, we had had an interview set up that, that fell through last second and still still hopefully we will get um get that interview in at some point because uh, we we're really excited about that but pumped up about that that'll be a really good episode and we will uh we will break down the alabama game um if you know if there's anything to, to break down but we will we'll you know talk about that <laughs> and looking forward to that interview so y'all be sure to tune into that um and we appreciate y'all asking questions and tuning in live and uh, just listening we are having a blast and um for patrick mcgee my name is ben Milan. this has been another live episode of buzzer dream we will see y'all next This has been Buzzer Dream. Thanks for listening, and be sure to share and leave a review. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Buzzer Dream Pod for all you need to know about the show. See you next time.